to the Uproom Frisco podcast. To learn more about your Frisco, please visit uproomfrisco.com. So today I just want to talk to you about the goodness of the Lord. I'll defend it and I'll declare it because it's under attack. It's under attack out there when you walk out the doors. It's also under attack in our own homes. It's under attack in our church, not by the people of the church or the body of Christ, but by the spirit of the age. Whatever is happening in your land always tends to try to infiltrate your family and your church body, okay? So we have to wrestle against this voice that says there's something lacking in God. (laughs) That was part of the cardinal uh, first sin of the garden. We see a lot about the disobedience, but part of what happened was there was an induction of this doubt that God didn't have all the goodness in him that there was something missing and I needed to look elsewhere. I needed to look and I needed to taste something somewhere else. But that was a lie. And your dead man in Christ is dead. You can try to feed that corpse rotten food, but it's not going to bring him back to life again. See, that, that fruit is rotten to you as a dead man before the Lord. As your flesh is dead, your carnal member is crucified. I feel like when Joshua said last week, who was here for a Joshua David sermon? When he said, you cannot trust your feelings and you cannot trust your thoughts when they do not align with the word and spirit of God, it just, boom, it just released something in our house. And I remember I've been relaying that to people. And and when you hear that, it's so offensive to your flesh. When you rise up, you're like, oh, that's a tough one, you know? But three years ago, I went up for prayer right here. Right, right about right here. Ryan Adair, raise your hand up there. That's Ryan Adair, man of God, family of God. I went up for prayer with some struggles I was having. It's called flesh. It's called sin. Sin, it happens. Um, We dabble. But you know what? I've always said this about the people of God. It's just the sun going out and swimming at the pigs. That's all it is. It's not who you are. You just decide to go get muddy. And at any point in time, you can decide to stand up and walk right back to the Father's house, and he's going he's gonna to hose you down. He's going to put a robe on your back. He's going to call all your friends and family together, and he's going to put a ring on your finger and say, that's my son right there. So I was up here asking for prayer, and I was struggling with sin. Besetting sin was in my life, and I, I, I had prayed, and I had asked, and obviously people around, especially my wife, was just like, you know, what's the deal, man? And it's just like Ryan and just like the Lord, his response. He totally ignored what I told him. He was just like, I was like, I came up, you know, we lay ourselves down. We just pour ourselves out. And God's like, yeah, that's not even an issue. That's just a symptom. And Ryan starts, he starts giving this prophecy in the way uh, upper room people prophesy. Like, 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 it's no big deal. It's just who I am. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you can take something sacred and you can make it so sacred that you don't access it. You can make it so far away. It's way back there and it happened when I was young or it happened here or there, but it's not for me. Prophecy's for you. It's simple. It's to edify and build up. So Ryan, the reason I bring it up because I love this man. He may not even know how much because what he released that day right here was so, so sweet This is what Ryan says. He goes, oh, Israel, I just see this 18-wheeler truck, and it's got this trailer on it, and it's loaded down, and the shocks are weighted, and it's just, and it's heading your direction. 
And it's just God's treasure in there. It's just full of the goodness of the Lord. It's full of the good things of God for you. And it's heading your way, Israel. And I remember thinking, this guy's insane. <laughs> this guy has no clue what I came up for prayer for. He just completely bypassed what I brought to him. But it was the spirit of God. It was the spirit of prophecy. The goodness of God is what's changed my life more than anything else. More than all of my efforts combined over 45 years. I pulled myself up by the bootstrap so many times, only to fall again. But the goodness of God has led me to repentance. So I want to thank you for that because I've been opening those boxes, man. The trailer's over at Abilene Court, and it follows me to all my jobs, and it's within my family. And you know what? Those crates are sweet, man. I've been opening those sweet, those, those sweet crates, and God just shows up day after day, and just he just begins to pour out the blessings of these treasures that I'm pulling out of that. So thank you, Ryan, for being faithful, speaking the word of the Lord. Let's go to some scripture. Amen. Uh, let's look at Psalms 34, 8. I'm going to make the invitation for this morning. That was the intro, in case you're missing it. Uh, I'm going to read it in Hebrew because my wife always says you have to integrate the Hebrew. She insists. Uh, and I'm trained, so I said, okay. It says, That's powerful, huh? I mean, you just hear the, the, you hear the guttural? <laughs> Got y'all with that one. You were like, yeah, he just spit on us. All, all the people in the front row. <laughs> Quit spitting, Israel. No, in Hebrew and I think Russian too. I have a, where's my Russian friend or Ukrainian? So, yeah, there she is. It, we have languages where it's like you really know you're talking to somebody because you're like. So, taste and see. Is it up? Okay, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. Let's just take a quick look at that little word, the good word there. It's the word tov in Hebrew. So, so sometimes in Western thought, Western culture, Greek thought, we're, we're, it's more conceptual. Philosophy, right? But in the Hebraic and Middle Eastern and Semitic cultures, it's more tangible, right? So let's break down the tov, okay? The tov is, it's, it means pleasant, agreeable, and it especially is tied to being agreeable to the senses. Because when God made the garden... And, and he had made the world, and he put man in the garden. He said all of those trees were what? They were good to look at and good to the... Mm. Anybody hungry? Sunday morning. I know my, my kids start around. So uh, Genesis 1.26. Can we get that up? Let's do verse... Did some slashing here. So let's do verse 28. We're talking about God's goodness. And, and right off the bat in Genesis, God begins to show his goodness in creation, okay? If you ever get a little bit weary, just go outside and start looking at the trees and nature and the bushes and, and close your eyes and just start listening to the noises because he said embedded in the DNA of creation is my goodness and, and it testifies to my goodness. So you can always rely on that. My wife's a professional at this. She spends tons of time in our backyard looking at the trees, listening to the birds, watching the bees, 
and it refreshes her soul. So God begins the book of creation by placing boundaries, speaking into existence, defining, identifying, forming, breathing into the nostrils of man and beast and giving life. I asked you to just confirm that I was right, but the young people in this day and age might say, he flexed. God was like, oh, you know, he flexed. And he showed his, he was like, I got this, this is me. Notice, I wanna just, I, he separated, he placed boundaries, he defined, he identified, he formed. This is the way he created. So never be afraid of authority Never be afraid of order in God. Because what he was doing was he was creating boundaries to give identity. He separated waters and said, okay, this is X and this is Y. Okay? So, so never be afraid when you have to come under authority and submit yourself to a system. That's why we're told and admonished to respect and may the Lord, may the Spirit of God arrest our tongues and our hearts towards political parties. May we speak goodness over them, because we know where they're from. Since origin stories are so popular right now, let's take a look at ours. It begins with God putting everything in its rightful place, both in proximity to him and each other, including the animals. At the end of the day, he takes a good look at his work. And what does he say? It's good. He says this. He says tov. He says it's tov. So... I want to go down to verse 28 because I just want to, from, from this word, I just want to tell you a little bit about why you were made. You, we have a lot of different answers. If you ask me, I would just say a simple word, worship, okay? Verse 28, chapter 1, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves in the ground. If you could take something this morning that would be helpful to you when you're struggling on what, what, what am I made for, God? What do I need to do? It's three things. You are made to work hard. I didn't hear any amens on that. You are made to work hard. You are made to play hard. And you are made to rest well. Okay? So it, that's why I say when you forget, you go out to creation, you start getting absorbing those green colors and the noises. You come back to Genesis. You go, okay, why, why am I here? Life is hard right now. Things are not going as planned. You are made to work hard, play hard, and rest well. You know why? Because that's what God did. That's what he did. Six days a week. But he was so well rested that he could work hard. Sometimes some of us, what we're doing is we're training entertainment for rest. What's the first thing a man can do if he's, if he's got a little, uh, what they call a boob tube, right? I mean, they call it that because it just turns you into a, you know, you just, I just want it to wash over me. I just want to relax, honey. I just need a break. And, and we don't actually rest in God. We don't stop. We don't quiet our mind. We don't go sit outside and look at the trees or take a walk or do something that refreshes you. Could be exercise even. Uh, could be a great meal. Could be just getting with a friend could be a song. Just turn on YouTube. We don't rest well, so we don't have the energy to work hard. And, and, and some of us, I'm one of the worst, we just forget play altogether because we're sitting there going like this, beating ourselves as if that's a form of repentance. We don't want to do it in here, so we're willing to flog the out here by not playing. 
But I find the older I get and the more I play, the healthier I am in God. Because it's not left in here. What's in here is dealt with. Amen? All right, we're going to do verse 31. Can I get 31? So I like this, uh, this verse because at every, at every day, at every juncture, at every section, he, he was going, look at what I did. I made fish today and oceans and creatures, and it's good. Tov. And then he gets to the end of everything. In verse, in verse 31, he says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. Let me see what version we have up there. Oh, yeah, this is very important. He not only said it was good, he said it was very good. When he looked at the entirety of the picture, not just segments, not just a single day in your life, or just your job, or just your family, or just your marriage, but he looked at the entirety together, and he said, behold, it's very good. Who wants to walk in that? The entirety is covered in Christ, and behold, the entirety, it's very good. See, in the garden, there were all these trees that were good. There was only one tree that was forbidden that was quarantined off. And it's all about taste and smell. That's what draws you. That's what drives you. It doesn't really matter how theological you are, how spiritual you think you are. What drives you is taste and smell. And what you're trying to sniff out and taste is goodness somewhere. You're looking for it. That's how God made you. He made you to look for the goodness and taste the goodness and see the goodness and hear the goodness and experience the goodness of God. That's how he made you. That's why he rolled in the garden at the end of the day and he was like, let's hang out. Let's talk about your day. What'd you name that wild thing looking over there? Oh, wow. Lion? Yeah, that sounds good. Sounds fierce. Arie? Okay. That's what about this one over there? A whale? God's like, subdue and nurture, protect and nurture, and let's just talk about it. You had goodness today. You experienced the fullness of your functionality by exercising dominion over the territory and being in the army of God and walking and marching in your armor where you're, what you're supposed to do, and then you take it off and you lay it down, and God comes into the cool of your day, your afternoon, your week, and says, let's hang out. Let's talk. Tell me about the goodness. Oh, you got the peaches today. Man, I love the peach tree. Oh, the watermelon, aren't they sweet? You like seedless or not? This is, this, this is how I imagine these conversations going. Trust me right now. It was not what you think, some spiritual, intellectual, oh, let's get into the depth of tov avo. It was not that, even though there's value in that. It was, what about the apples? You like the red ones? I'm a green, I, I like the green better. That's what meeting with God is. How's your day, Israel? Man, ran out of gas today. <laughs> it's really lame. <laughs> I tried to push it further than the E had ever gone. <laughs> God's like, yeah, that's not a good decision. I raised you better than that. <laughs> you should know better. So I, that, was, that was my whole goal of the whole sermon was to get that right there, that laugh. So behold, everything is good. If we're going to get through like a quarter, <laughs> but it's all good because he's good. You know, when you taste something really good, 
You don't have to have a ton of it. We were eating a dessert last night. My mother cooked us a beautiful meal at our home. I really appreciate that, Mom. It means a lot to me. And, and we had dessert, and one of them was so sweet, but so good. But, <laughs> like, the servings were, like, this big. <laughs> uh, Ricky's like, yeah, Israel, it's good. You ate a small. <laughs> hey, I'm going to tell you right now, some special people in the house have come to, to, to honor the Lord, and I just really appreciate it. Thank you for being here. There's some faces from my, my past and current life that, you know, you see those relationships, and you're just like, man, I know God is good because only he could sustain us through these long periods and these years. And you just see each other and you're like, that's my brother. That's my sister. Take up right where we leave off. As if he's not good enough, he bestows upon us the greatness of the Shabbat. Gives us a whole day to rest and play and refresh. And he says it's a, it's a perpetual covenant. It's forever. You can do this forever. I allow, hey, you know what? I allow you to do it. Rest. In Israel, when I was a kid, it was funny because a lot of the women would cook a big meal Friday night, and that was to last, you know, because you're not, you're not turning on. And uh, our, our, our Israeli friends would come over and knock on the door. They'd be like, hey, Israel, can you come over to our house for a minute? You're curious, right? You're like, okay, because it's a little risky sometimes over there, you know, when you're a believer and they're Jewish. And you'd be like, hey, can you cut the lights on in this room for me? Uh, the legalism was up here, you know? The freedom was down here. But the revelation of Jesus is coming. So that when we look at the world, including the nation of Israel, all of it, it's, it's all very good. And he's bringing his people back to him, right? So he gave us the Shabbat. Uh, I used to work a lot, more than I do now, a whole lot. And I would, my guys would get a, you know, a little cranky. And uh, I'm sure there's one here, he would, he would hear maybe a couple. I would say, guys, we're just doing what God did. It'd be like six days a week. You're a madman, Israel. I'd be like, I'm just working like Jehovah, man. I don't know. What, I mean, I went to school six days a week in Israel when I was a kid. The goodness of God reflected in creation is more than the sun, the moon, the stars. It's more than man. It's more than the beasts and the fish. It's him marking his territory with splendor, harmony, and precision. Everything he has made is good, pleasant, and agreeable. The goodness of, in, of God in creation reflects righteousness, peace, and joy. All right. Ooh. It's, uh, it's quick. Let's be quick. If God's heart for you could convey one thing this morning, it would be, are your eyes blinded? Has your vision been blurred? Is there some earwax in there towards his goodness? When was the last time you tasted, you tasted it and it was tangible and you knew right then and there, mm, that was him. I'm, I'm, I'm going to switch. I have a whole segment here, but I'm going to switch. I want to continue to interweave God's goodness into this sermon, okay? So when I started meditating on this and really meditating on it, some things started to pop. Some things just really started to manifest. Come on. Come on up here, boy. Yeah, I'm looking at you. Come on. And, and we went to a Shabbat service uh, this past Friday night with uh, Joshua and Brooke. I forgot their last name. Anybody? Car, car, what is it? Cavallo. Okay. I didn't want to butcher it. You ready? Sure. Okay. Anyone know teenagers? Like, they don't talk a lot. They don't, they don't really speak a lot, you know? 
Like you direct, it's like one word answers, especially males. So this is my son, Jude. That's your family. That's your family right there. So we went to it. He wasn't feeling well. So I'm just going to set the stage. Um, the goodness of the Lord. The goodness of the Lord. I was filled with the Holy Spirit at a young age, manifestation of tongues. My parents were wild, so it was easy. <laughs> I learned to pray. I learned to sing in the Holy Ghost from my grandmother and my father's mother. This is a treasure thing. She would sit there and have this kind of high-pitched voice, and she was just singing in the Holy Ghost in her prayer language. This Friday night, we went to their house, and... Um, been watching my son for a long time, waiting, you know, for the moment, the time for the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of tongues. He's, he's dabbled a little bit. He's, he's tried a little bit. And we go to this service, and uh, I knew no one except those two. <laughs> it's a whole different crew. And Jude wasn't with us. The little ones were with us. And a guy walked down the stairs, and, and, and he's here, this black dude that was like big and imposing and I just looked right at him in his eyes and I knew there was something in, in God. There was something for me, something for my family. And, and what I love about Upper Room is we're intentional and we're relational. We build relationships. I used to think a lot of people in this congregation were, were mad. I'm not kidding. Like I thought, I really thought, I mean this might have been the maddest of all right here. I would watch him and I would be, he's mad. Like he's, he's lost it for Jesus. Like he has lost himself in Christ. It's, it's absurd. We don't live up there. Get back down here. And he was like, no, I won't. I'll be here with you, but I'm living up there. That's you. <laughs> I went to these two a while back, and I just told him by the Holy Ghost, because I would never say this five years ago. I said, you're like a steak. You're marinating. You marinate well. <laughs> like, they were just like, you know what? They were like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Amen. And I was like, yeah, they're nuts. <laughs> They've made me nuts. They made me nuts. They, I mean, I don't want to go anywhere without his presence. I refuse to leave a, live a life not led by the presence of God. For years, I thought I had to make him happy. He was already happy. He had joy before he even thought of me, before the existence of the world, before he ever formed me in my mother's womb. He already had great joy. I mean, the man of joy was dancing in heaven before I was even around. He was dancing over me before I had been formed in my mother's womb, before the foundation of the earth. He was dancing, thinking about Israel and his son Jude on 731.22. That'll blow your mind. We go to this meeting, and this guy walks down, and I talk to him for five minutes or less. And just based on what he said, I asked a few questions. Based on what he said, I just immediately identified the Spirit of God. I texted my son. I asked him to come over to the house. And I said to this man, who's sitting right here, I said, I'm, I'm texting my son to ask him to come over so he can pray for him. And Judah's gracious. He was like, I'm getting in the shower. For what? You know, <laughs> Right? Is that about right? Jude pops over. And being a wonderful son that he is, uh, and we have trust. It's not perfect. I mean, I blow it all the time. He blows it sometimes. Um, but 
he trusted his father. I mean, listen, this teenage rearing thing is, no, there's, no, there's no like instructionals for this, okay? It's not easy. But he came over, and Jude, can you just tell, say what happened? Um, so I came over, and my dad introduced me to uh, Janelle, is it? Yeah, and one other dude, I don't know his name, John. And so we stepped outside, and um, he asked me a few questions about, you know, was I ready to um, accept a calling of being a son of the Lord and true, truly living my life out to what he wants for me, not just what I want for me. Um, and he gave me a word, and he asked me, um, did, did I believe in salvation? Am I saved? Um, did Jesus die for me? And I said, yeah. He asked if I had been baptized with water. And yeah, I was um, at our old church. And then he asked if I had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I said, uh, with uh, fire and the gift of tongues. And um, I said, no. And I've, you know, I've seen other people that's happened to them. I've never felt like true um, like a spiritual awakening inside of me. And so he went, all right, we're going to do that now. And I was, I was kind of amazed. I was like, wow, this guy has a lot of faith. He's, um, I was like, okay, I guess that's going to happen. And, um, yeah, he pulled up some scriptures and it said, um, like in a few days. And then he was like, yeah, in a few seconds, we're going to, and I was and so then we started to pray, and um, my dad, John, and Chanel laid their hands on me, and they all started praying tongues, and he kind of led me into it. And yeah, I was blessed and given the gift of tongues in the spirit. That's my man right there, and that's my man right there. I've been waiting. I've been watching. And I'm his father. That's my physical son. I'm the first one to lay hands on that person on the planet. I caught him when he was a baby. He was being born. <laughs> I tried to explain that to that John guy, and he, he had no context. He was like, what? He kept saying, like, he... But, and I would love to have been the one that that, that transaction transpired to. But we're a family. And I had, I had a... a I just, the spirit of wisdom, I just knew that that, that wasn't going to be for me. It was going to be for some younger cats in the Lord. It's going to be for some other young men to impress upon my son that transaction. So I, I want to say thank you for being available. Um, and, and my dad has always had a gift to lay hands on people and then receive the, the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost with a good, he calls it a good flow. You, you always said, they have a good flow. Um, so that was very meaningful to me. Uh, I just want to do, do a few minutes, just maybe five minutes, and we'll, we're closing. We're landing, as they say. Let's talk about the greatest goodness of all. Let's talk about Jesus. The greatest goodness of all. I'll just lift your name higher today, Jesus. Yeshua. God loved us so much in his goodness that he took 
the darling of heaven. I love that phrase. There's a song that says that. That's one of my favorite lines. The, the majesty of heaven. And Jeremy started this message three weeks ago, and he put it in a man and sent that man to earth to show you, to walk through what you've gone through and to show you that his desire was for you, to reveal his goodness to you and have you reconciled to the Father by the power of the Holy Ghost. There is no good news without a good God. You look in the book of Acts 10. It says, you know the message God sent the people of Israel concerning the good news of peace through Christ who is the Lord. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, and after the baptism John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the power and Holy Spirit. How he went out doing good. How he went out doing tov. And, and healing all those who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Jesus, right before he left, one of my favorite passages in the Bible is the passage of the Great Commission. It's Mark 16. I love that passage because it reveals the humanity of his followers. You ever think to yourself, man, I'd love to walk with him. I'd love to be right next to him. And somehow we think that we'd have a different reaction to him than they did. So I love that passage because it reveals the humanity of man. The women are going to the tomb and what are they? They're afraid. They're terrified. Then they're going to tell people, and nobody's even believing. <laughs> I mean, his own people, even though he said what he would do. We can find ourselves there. So he, he gives a commission right after a rebuke, and then he takes off. He's like, I'm out, but it's good that I go because I'm going to send you someone. I'm going to send you someone that's going to carry you from that last cup to that cup in New Jerusalem, in New Heavens and New Earth. I can't remember if he's not here, but we were talking, I was talking to someone the other day, and he said, I said, where do you think Eden was? And he just, Jerusalem. And I was like, he goes, the tree's there. Tree, of, you know, when you read in Revelation, and I was like, oh, praise you, Lord. So the Holy Spirit is now doing the work to carry us. And whenever you get a little low, you say, Holy Ghost, show me the goodness of God as I look at Jesus. Show me the man. Shine a flashlight on him so I can see him a little rightly. Things have happened since I've been here in this journey this last four and a half years that I, I didn't even have the faith. It was such a mustard seed. It was a fractal of a mustard seed. And yet God has moved and changed and enriched and enlightened and broken through. Even though I walk with him from a young age. I just pray that the Lord would wash your feet of all the dust of the world. That the labor and the toil and striving would be washed off of your heart that new synapses and pathways in your brain would form that glorify and honor the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I just take your right hand and put it on your head. As a man thinketh, so is he. 
This is the battleground. Lord God, I pray for new synapses and new pathways to be neurologically formed in our mind. Just crush and collapse all pathways that do not glorify the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And in their place, resurrect the proper image of God, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You receive that? That's just, that's just extra. That's just extra. That's just you're waking up tomorrow, you're going to sleep tonight, and he's just gone in there and oh, he's just, the kids, we go like this, squinch. We, we squinch each other. You know, Justice and I do that. He just goes in and pinches and collapses some of those neural pathways, and then he's like, okay, I'm going to open up some other ones. And, and, and you're going to be thinking differently. You're going to be walking differently. Your eyes are going to see differently. Your smell is going to be looking for the right thing and not the tree of evil. I just want to say that one of the biggest lies in, 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 in the garden is he says, it's, surely God knows you'll have the knowledge of good and evil, right? Didn't they already know good? They already knew good. So you can omit that when you read it because you can see the life for what it is. Being drawn away from the things of God to entertainment. As if we need or could possibly contain, comprehend, or understand the nature of evil. The most corrosive thing to the believer and the walk with the Lord is that contrast, that margin of contrast between asking what's lacking in God because I'm, I'm learning about evil and not feeding upon his goodness. It's corrosive to your soul. It will torment you. It will haunt you because there is no rejoicing for the believer in the things of the world. If, if you've tasted and seen. Second Peter, somewhere in there, three. He references this scripture that we started off with Psalm. Because he knows that once you've tasted and you've seen, your appetites are ruined for everything else. All right, let's stand. If you need prayer, is that okay? We have people that will be here at the front to partner with you, to agree with you. And, and I would just like to pray for us as a body. That we would see your goodness, oh God. How fast do we have to run to outrun the goodness of the Lord? Pretty fast. God, help us to stop, to slow down to stand still, to turn around, and to face you. You prepare a table before us, God. Your goodness is what leads us to repentance. Your kindness, God. Just ask right now that you would break through the mind and heart, Lord, my mind and heart, the mind and heart of our congregation, that you would break through, break through by the Spirit. We're welcoming you. We're inviting you. We're asking you. We're drawing near to you as you draw near unto us. We declare our delight in you because you delight in us. Thank you for your spirit, God. Thank you for us being able to navigate this morning and, and the challenges, Lord. I just declare family over the people in this room. Family, integration, relationship, community, 
belonging, righteousness, health, joy, peace. You meet us at the point of need, Lord, because that's all we can see. But there is more. There is more, Lord. Your table has all we have need of and has nothing to do with our behavior. It has nothing to do with our actions. It has everything to do with your goodness. Thank you for this morning, God. Thank you. Just bless Ashley and Jeremy. Jeremy's out of, out, of, out of town and just ask that you cover them, God. Angels, just go be around about them. Encourage, quicken, refresh. Thank you that it's not amen, like there's a break, but it's just amen, Lord. We're moving on to the rest of our day.